Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. Every Monday and Wednesday, I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Want to receive 10 tips to eat less water for your summer parties? Go to eatlesswater.com to download the free list. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Welcome to the How to Eat Less Water podcast. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez. Today, I'm going to talk about cooking. I hope I can inspire you to cook more than what you're doing now. It turns out that the average household spends $3,500 on food out every year. Carry out and delivery orders have steadily increased because it's so easy now to use the online delivery service like a DoorDash. In fact, 36 million people used a DoorDash type service last year, and that is expected to just grow. But why does it matter? Why is it one of the action tips to eat less water and grow well-being connected to how much we cook at home. When we go out to eat, we are essentially handing over all control over how those ingredients are sourced, how they're cooked to another kitchen. And if we're going to farm to table restaurants that are intentional around their sustainability practices are purchasing, for example, organic foods, who are sourcing from small scale. There's a place in Ojai, which is close to me, and they have a farm. It's called the Farmer and the Cook. So there's a farmer who cultivates the organic produce that then is brought into the restaurant. But that is unfortunately not the norm, at least not yet, at least not until we start asking for more establishments like that. But Our kitchens can look like the farmer and the cook. That's what I try to replicate in my own kitchen. So for example, I go to the farmer's market and I am building relationships with the farmers and sourcing those ingredients and then bringing that into my kitchen. And then from there, I'm making my own food and I can then control the stories that my food tells because I want my food to tell stories of well-being stories of saving water and building soil and minimizing pollution overall. The only way to do that is by cooking more at home. And we also tend to not waste as much of the food when you do cook it at home. Well, that depends, right? We do. We are also wasting food at home. So if you're cooking more at home and then you're pairing that with 
these action tips that I'm that I've been delivering every week around how we can minimize the waste in our refrigerators and in our pantries. And the two of those things combined will make huge differences in our water systems and in our environment when what I'm doing is merged with what you're doing in your kitchen. There's so much power in the kitchen with our food to solve these really big issues because it's something that we have to do every day, several times a day, is to eat and to drink. That is why I really focus so much of my attention when I want to be an activist, a, a positive force for change on this planet, is by really connecting to my food and the source of my food and the story that my food tells. And we give that up when we have, say, a DoorDash deliver something to our doors with the food delivered to our doorstep, wrapped in plastic bags, packed in styrofoam or plastic, which is also part of a growing problem here in the United States and around the world. I mean, one of the statistics that I just keep playing over and over in my head, after my interview with Kathy King around our single-use plastic, is that we ingest a credit card's worth of plastic every week. That's what they're finding, because plastic can break down so small to the point that it's airborne. So we're ingesting it with our food, the way it's power food is packaged, and also we're breathing it in. For me, when I'm cooking at home, I am controlling the source of my ingredients in terms of the types of agriculture that I'm partnering with, ones that are building well-being on the planet. And I'm also controlling how much packaging those ingredients come in. So recently I went to the farmer's market and I was playing this game around, can I get out of the farmer's market without using any plastic? And I was able to do that because I had my bags. I took the time to think about, okay, what are the things I need to bring? I need to bring containers, jars, reusable produce bags, those kind of mesh cotton type, and my basket and my larger canvas bag. And I was so proud of myself because I did win that game. I got out of the farmer's market without using one single piece of plastic. but. Those are things that I can do because I'm curating what's going on in my one home kitchen that's feeding four other people for the most part. And that becomes more difficult the larger a kitchen becomes, right? A larger, what meaning a restaurant. And interestingly enough, the smaller businesses, the ones that can be more intentional are in decline. It is the large corporate-owned chain food restaurants that are doing well right now. Those are the places that people are finding themselves at. And if that's the case, those corporate businesses are also looking at ways they can make more profit, which oftentimes leads to ingredients that are cheaper, not not necessarily higher quality, but are uh, not organic. When we cook more, 
That's what we're participating in. We're participating in the solution. We're participating in growing well-being for ourselves and for the planet. So what are the reasons why people don't cook at home? I came across a survey about how many people eat out instead of cooking that found 56% of the people surveyed are eating out two to three times a week. In addition, 10% of those respondents reported dining out four to six times a week, and 6% said that they do it every day. And why is it that people eat out? Because it definitely costs a lot more money. Five times, actually. Ordering takeout is five times more expensive than preparing a meal at home. The stories, I guess you could say, we've told ourselves of why it's, it's hard or difficult to cook at home are two main reasons. One is we're too busy and we don't have the time. After working all day and coming home, that's the last thing people want to do is figure out what to make for dinner. And so it becomes easier just to pick up your phone and get onto some kind of DoorDash type app and have food delivered to your house. The second thing is people feel like they don't know how to cook. Let me address the first block, time that we're busy. That to me indicates that you're not meal planning because I get it. I'm, I have been right there with you to feeling this dread when it starts to approach dinner time of what to make myself or my family to eat. That begins to evaporate when you meal plan and have a shopping list because that's another deterrent is people will say, I do want to make something, but then I go to look for the ingredients and I don't have the ingredients. So then that means I have to go to the grocery store and that is tiring because it is tiring after a full eight, nine hours of working or picking up kids after school and, and doing all the activities that kids do. So for me, where I have everything written out on a chalkboard in the back of my pantry, Sunday through Saturday. And when it's time to make dinner, I leave my home office. I look to see what's on the menu for that night. And then I execute and I just go into automatic because I have all the ingredients that I need. So that's just spending some time on the front end that makes your life so much better all week long. And you spend less money it's better for the environment, and it's better for your own health. The next deterrent or block is people feel they can't cook. In my podcast episode last week, I talk about why it's so important to teach your kids to cook. And in that podcast episode, I said, cooks are not born, they're made. And that's the case with our kids, and that's the case for ourselves. I know for myself, when Michael and I um, were married, we had a very limited list of things that we made. We both had our go-to recipes that we learned from our mothers, and it wasn't that many things. And after a while, it just got tiring. And then we started to explore 
recipe books. And some of our friends were really good cooks. And so we started to observe what they did as well. And so through time, we became better at cooking. It's something that's been nurtured through time, but it's so easy to cook if you can follow a recipe. My kids have made so many different things, so many wonderful things, because they follow a recipe. <laughs> I mean, I remember Estrella when she was seven years old would be making some really great things. And she also made some things that failed, but that's also part of it too. It's okay if you burn some things along the way or try a recipe and it doesn't come out quite right. And when it when that does happen and I don't really like the recipe, sometimes I'll make the notation in the recipe book to say, um, that we didn't like it or the family didn't really appreciate that recipe. So then I remember not to do that one again because there's so many recipes you don't have to repeat. And the other thing to remember is cooks don't need to cook. We tell ourselves that cooking requires the oven and the stove. It requires knowing how to chop, although knowing how to chop is really helpful and is easy to learn if you just watch a YouTube video on it. There's so many recipes that require no heat. I mean, there's raw food recipes, for example, but like for me in the morning, oftentimes I don't turn anything on for breakfast. A meal could be an apple with some almond butter just cutting up an apple into slices and smearing some almond butter, and then it's a great meal. Or this morning, I had a bowl of coconut milk yogurt with cubed nectarine that I got from the farmer's market, sprinkled with some walnuts that I also got from the farmer's market, and some granola. And no cooking involved. It was delicious and satisfying. And it told good stories. I had control over all of those ingredients. I had curated it. I had selected it because I knew that they were in alignment with my values. They were in alignment with my desire to help the environment through my food. Those are really easy ways to unblock those blocks that we have of these stories that we tell ourselves that are they true? Action tips. One would be if you're not doing a meal plan already, start this week. Sit down with those recipe books. Start to come up with what your meals are all week long, knowing what your schedule is and writing the shopping list. And then the next action tip is to gather your recipes, write them down like in your notes app, in your phone or on paper or in, create a notebook, but start to write down those recipes, the ones that you know that are tried and true. When you try a recipe and you could mark what page you found it and in what cookbook or what website so that you start to create this collection of go-to recipes without having to think so much about it. And you could also maybe even star the ones that require no cooking. Like don't don't leave out those really simple ones like the apple with almond butter. 
don't leave that one out because then we forget. We, we have so many things on our mind. Let's set ourselves up for success, right? And the last action tip to help with that list is just start asking other people. Ask friends, ask family members, what are the recipes that they like? What are their go-to recipes? What are those recipes that are so simple that require no cooking? Because you want a lot of those on your list too. And another useful way to gather that information is just to post the question on social media. People love to share those types of things. So just ask. It's a great forum for cross-pollination, right? I challenge you to minimize the number of times that you order out this coming week. Just start wherever you are. If you are one of those eaters that I mentioned earlier who are going out to eat six times, four times a week, maybe you can cut that in half and it's only two times a week or three times a week. And if you're someone who goes out to eat like once a week, maybe every other week you go out to eat. And also for all of us, challenging ourselves to find another farm-to-table restaurant, one like the farmer and the cook that I mentioned, they're out there and they need our support if they're going to flourish and grow. And for others to see that there's a demand for that type of establishment, we need to support our small-scale farms and our small-scale businesses and restaurants. So thank you for joining me here. I'm here every Monday and Wednesday. Together we will change the world. Be well. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water Shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to eat less water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective.